This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Well, good to have all of you here. Our prayers have been answered. We got moisture. May not be in the form we really wanted, but we got it. So praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I believe this will break this drought and we'll get into a pattern of moisture. Glad to see all of you here. If you're watching online with us, we're so honored you're here. I know many of you are still coming off of sickness, so we pray blessings on you. We're going to jump in our GPS series, and on this series, it was asked to me many years ago what was the significance and really changing my life, but also anchoring me into the things of the kingdom of God. And I said, when I begin to give, when I begin to pray, and when I begin to serve. So you're going to catch a little bit of these probably for the next six weeks. So if you got your Bible, turn with me to Matthew 6. We'll be in Matthew 6 and Matthew 7 to start with. And you know, it's interesting when we talk about the area of giving because in the 38 parables, in 16 of the 38, Jesus specifically talked about money or finances. And so it's all through the New Testament. And so we're just going to give you some teaching today that I believe you help you on the area of giving. Matthew 6, verse 21. For where your treasure is... There your heart will be also. Now, oftentimes this verse is misquoted. Many times you'll hear people say, where your heart is, that's where your treasure will be. But that's not what he said. He actually said, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. So your heart will always be focused on your treasure. In other words, you pursue what you value. Now, when you see the word heart there, the heart is the core of who you are. The heart is the real me, and the heart decides all my focuses or what's really real to me. And so again, there needs to be a a generosity within our hearts that God puts in there. Same chapter, begin with me in verse 1, okay? Matthew 6, verse 1. And remember, in Matthew 6, Jesus highlights three main things. He said, when you give, when when you pray, and when you fast. Well, we're going to hit the giving part here, so... Matthew 6, verse number 1. Take heed or examine your motives that you do not do your charitable deeds, your generosity, or your acts of giving before men to be seen by them. And so really, to start off, the Lord Jesus is saying, don't don't show off or try to impress man. Now, this is what he's getting to real quick. And, And why would he say that? He goes on to say, otherwise, you have no reward from your Father in heaven. Now, if you read into that correctly, that when I, when I actually give, and I give with the right motive and the right heart, there's a reward that comes from Father God. And when Father God rewards you, woo, it, it's not a little dab that'll do you. God is going to bless you incredibly. But it all comes back to the condition of my heart. Verse 3 or verse 2. Therefore, when you do a charitable deed, an act of giving, do not sound a trumpet before you as the hypocrites do. Don't sound this trumpet. Don't blow your own horn as the hypocrites. Now, when he defines the hypocrites, these are people that were more or less defined as actors or they wore masks. And he said, don't be like the hypocrites. 
Now, it's interesting the next part that he, he reveals here. And he goes on to say, as the hypocrites do in the synagogue and in the streets. So don't be a hypocrite while you're at church. And don't be a hypocrite in the streets or in your everyday activities or your everyday works where you're looking to get the applause of mankind. Now, we've all seen this, and it's interesting when I read this thing. Sometimes I watch certain things in the newspaper or on TV, and people will give donations to certain areas, but they sure want everybody to know. We want everybody to see this is what we're doing. I, I know for a fact there's a company in our city right now that this past year gave over a million dollars away. But they never broadcast. They gave $1 of that away. And it showed me right there, man, their heart was to do it to, toward God. It wasn't to say, let's get the applause of the community. Let's let everybody in our city see how great we are. He said, the applause to the, the synagogues or the streets. You don't want that. So he goes on to say that they may have their glory from men. I surely say to you, they have their reward. And you know what their reward is? The applause of mankind. Verse 3. But when you do a charitable deed, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. In other words, have a pure heart. Have a pure motive. And he ends in verse 4 and he says, that your charitable deed may be in the secret, and your father who sees in the secret will himself reward you openly. So literally verse 4 is saying this. What you do pertaining to your charitable do deeds in the private, God will reward you in the public. God is going to bless you incredibly. So I believe when I start reading this, you're going to be, begin to see biblically how the Lord wants to, to cultivate within every one of our hearts a hearts of generosity. And when you give your heart to Jesus, your, your DNA has blessing all over it. You know, in, in Genesis 12, the Lord said to, to Abraham, he said, I've blessed you to be a blessing. I believe that's God's desire for every one of us to live. I'm blessed to be a blessing. The reason God has blessed me so much is I am blessed to be a blessing. Now let that soak in your heart today. And I believe, like I said, throughout today, God's desire is to move within us to, to create a, a generous heart like never before. Genesis, or not Genesis, Matthew chapter 7. Just one chapter over. And this is still the Sermon on the Mount here in Matthew chapter 7. So we start here, Matthew 7. And we're going to begin in verse number 1. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, what do you think the topic or the subject of verse 1 and 2 is? Listen real close and I'll highlight to you if you didn't get it. Judge not that you be not judged. For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. So it's pretty clear here the Lord is dealing right here with an area called judgment. 
Now, the interesting part is how he ends that. He says, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, as we read Matthew 7, verse 1 and 2, I'm going to ask you a question here. Do you see anything in that verse that references money or finances? This isn't a trick question, okay? I'm not trying to get you, all right? No, there's nothing in there that mentions that. And I want you to hold fast to this thought here. Judge not that you be not judged. And the last part of verse 2, and with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. Now, with that thought, turn to Luke chapter 6. And the reason I'm having you turn to Luke chapter 6, we just read Matthew's view of what Jesus said there on the Sermon of the Mount. Now, we go to the book of Luke chapter 6, and we're going to see what Luke had to say about it. Now, the interesting thing, Matthew 7, verses 1 and 2, is cross-referenced to Luke 6, 37, 38. But if you were to look at Luke 6, 37, 38, it cross-references back to Matthew 1 and 2. So it's going to talk to us about the same thing. Luke 6, verse 37. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Exactly what Jesus said in, in Matthew. Now look at the last part of, of verse 38. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. So he says exactly in there what Matthew did, but now we gotta go back in here and we gotta look a little bit deeper. So we go back to verse 37, and the reason I read that that way is because I want you to see it's the same set of, of thoughts both of them have, just a little bit different here. Back to verse 37. Judge not, and you shall be not judged. Condemn not, and that word condemn there means to pronounce guilty. So don't pronounce guilty, and you shall not be pronounced guilty. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Verse 38. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to us. Now, most of the time when you hear Luke 6.38 talk about, most do it in a, in a content of giving. But that's not what he was talking about. Now, it can mean giving, but if I read this entirely, he says, if you, if you judge, it's going to be given back to you exactly the way you did it. If you condemn... It's going to be measured back to you the same way you condemn. If you forgive, it'll be measured back to you in that same way. And so he gets on to something here in the area of my given. And again, he, he uses this word, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. That phrase was taken from a Jewish farmer or a Jewish worker. So they would go out into their field and they would take a, a, a sack, a knapsack, to, to get grain, vegetables, anything they could, and they would begin to put them in there. And it says that when they would go out there, they would take that bag, and their goal was to get it good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Now, to help you understand that a little bit better, how many of you have ever opened a box of cereal, and when you pull the little plastic back and you look in there, you think, I got ripped off. The bag is only halfway full. Have you ever noticed that? You know what that is? 
That's good measure pressed down, shaken together. So when you shake it down, it goes down to the very bottom. Another illustration, I believe that'll help you on that. Uh, in my neighborhood, I have massive oak trees. And so every fall, I become a master leaf raker. Not by choice, okay? And so I have this, this massive rubber-made trash can. And I'll take it out there, and I mean, I will rake those leaves in there. And the first swath that I get in there, it looks like it's full. But it's not. And I've been known to crawl up into my trash can and do what? Man, I stomp them down. I tramp them down. And then I rake some more and I rake some more. And so by the time I go to the dumpster, all my neighbors hate me. Because it's good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. I've put so many leaves in there. So this is what he's telling us. And, and he's telling us here that the things I give in this life, whether it's judgment, whether it's condemnation, whether it's forgiveness, whether it's money, it's going to be measured back to you. So he's talking about in the area of your giving and my giving. Now what I've noticed about the kingdom of God, anything that you sow will be given back to you more than what you sowed. And if we were to cut an apple, that little apple, you cut that thing in half, there's seeds in that, and you take the seed of that apple and you plant that, you're gonna got, just get an apple tree, you're gonna get a bunch of apples. That's not gonna happen overnight. It's a process, year after year after year, but I believe the Lord Jesus right here, he's trying to get us over to something here. And you know what it is? The motive isn't the reward. The motive is the gift. That's what the motive that he's trying to do. So the Lord's wanting to do a work in all our hearts. And he's wanting to put in within every one of us a desire. I live to give. And that's his heart for every one of us. Now, go with me to the 50th Psalm. The 50th Psalm. And as you're turning there, my, my sacrifices always communicate priority. Let me say that again for many of you. My sacrifices always communicate priority. Now you're going to Psalm 50. As you turn there, I'm going to read Psalm 24. I'm just going to quote it because I don't have time to go to both of these. Psalms 24 verse 1 says... The world is God's. The earth is God's. Everything in it is God's. Everyone in it was created by God. I want you to get that, okay? Everything. And this becomes a revelation when I get to that place in my life where I believe what the word of God says. It changes me when I realize everything on this earth is God's. Everything in it, it's God's. Now, Psalm chapter 50, verse 10. For every beast of the forest is mine. And the cattle on a thousand hills, mine. Not only the cattle, but the hills. They're mine, says God. Verse 11. I know all the birds of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. 
If I were hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and all its fullness or all it contains is mine. And you get this, what the word of God's saying. It's all God's. Every bit of it. But as human beings, we have a problem sometimes. We think it's mine. And sometimes we'll look and say, those shoes you're wearing, they're mine. This coat I have, it's mine. That car I drive, it's mine. That house of mine, it's mine. Well, let me ask you a question off that. Whose declaration of valid is right? Whose declaration of valid is right? Whose declaration of mine is valid? See, it helps when I come to understand it's not mine. It's not yours. I'm not the owner of it. I'm a steward of it, but I'm not the owner of it. Now, every one of us in here, we love the blessings of God. We love the promises of God. But oftentimes, we don't like the, the challenges or the commands to get that blessing. How many people you hear say, oh, God, bless me, bless me. I want God to bless me, but I never obey his commands. I don't obey those challenges. Now, remember in James 1.22, James said this, be a doer of the word and not a hearer only because when I do, or I hear but I don't do, I deceive myself. So when you hear but don't respond, in essence, you're self-deceived. Anytime I don't do those things. And so the thing is on all this, not only do I got to catch God's heart in the area of giving, I got to obey it. Think about this. One of the most famous scriptures of any verse we all know, John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. He gave. Now, go to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 15. There in the front of the New Testament, uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, chapter 15. And as you're going to go through here, you're going to begin to see some things that, that God has to say in the area of giving. And I'm just forewarning you right now. It's going to locate you, okay? It's going to locate us. It's going to locate our hearts. Deuteronomy 15, verse 7. If there is among you a poor man of your brethren with any of the gates of the walls in your land which the Lord your God has given you, you shall not harden your heart nor shut your hand from the poor brother. Now he re reveals something here. That any time I have a hard heart, you'll have a closed fist. I don't care who you are. So he's saying here, a hard heart reflects or reveals a hand that's tight. That it's a person that says, you're not getting in my wallet. You're, you're not getting into my purse. And so immediately right here, he deals with what I believe is a selfish heart. 
A hard heart is a closed fist. Now, could that define me? Could that look me right in the mirror and say, that's me? But I want to throw something else to you. A soft heart or a warm heart would have an open hand. See, there's always an other side of, the, of this coin. Verse 8. But you shall open your hand wide. You shall be generous. And when it says you shall open your hand wide, literally that is a compound verb that the actual meaning of that is Again and again and again and again. So literally right here, he's telling us this part of the start. You shall open your hand wide. This must become a, a way I live. This is God's desire. And so he goes back and he says, but you shall open your hand wide to him and willingly, not grudgingly, but willingly lend him sufficient for his need, whatever he needs. I mean, God's, he's, he's looking at us saying, this is my desire for you. Verse 9. Beware, lest there be a wicked thought in your heart. Lest there be a wicked heart a wicked thought in your heart. Man, a wicked thought in your heart, your mind. You start meditating on this. Saying, the seventh year, the year of release is at hand. And let me tell you what that means. Every seven years in the Jewish custom was a year of jubilee, which meant Whatever debt there was every seventh year, all debt was done away with. It was forgiven. And many of you are thinking, boy, I wish we'd practice that right now. Just think about that just a second. It depends on what end of the stick you're on. So what he's talking about here is this year of jubilee. The year of release. And he says, the seventh year, the year releases at hand. And your eye, what you see, your eye be evil against your poor brother, and you give him nothing, and he cry out to the Lord against you, and it, that evil heart or the wicked thought in your heart, becomes sin among you. So literally what this is telling about, uh, and I'm going to use Warren here as an example it's, it's coming up to the seventh year that all debt is forgiven, the year of Jubilee. And he knows I have a need, and he sees it with his eyes, but the thought comes to him, and he says, if I give pastor that money, there's a good chance he's not going to give it back to me because we're going into the year of Jubilee, and he won't have to. So you know what? I'm going to get tight-fisted. I'm not going to do it. But it's interesting that he ends that verse, verse 9, he says, and it becomes sin among you. It be sin in you. That wicked, that selfish heart. I'm not going to give. I'm not going to do it. 
You know, uh, when we were in Israel a couple of years ago, we had the privilege of, of gleaning in a field. And I've shared this before, but it would have been um, in, in south of the Sea of Galilee. And we got into this field. I, I have never seen such fertile land. You would walk through it and, and the mud would just cling to your shoes. And the, the Jewish man who was in charge of the field, he had said to me that thousands of years ago, that area, the Lord had made it a swamp. And that's why it was so fertile. So we're, we're gleaning that day what we would call turnips. They had another name for them, but they're turnips, okay? And I looked at him, and I said to him, I said, do you guys still practice the, uh, the law that every seven years your land is to rest? And so what that literally meant, they would farm it for six years. On the seventh year, they wouldn't plant nothing. And he looked at me when I said that, like, he had that look like, what kind of stupid are you? And he looked at me and goes, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They still do that. And, and what's interesting to me is that seventh year of rest, which I believe was symbolic of the seventh day, the Sabbath rest, is showing if we'll just obey what God tells us to do. But he said, we're so blessed. Even that seventh year when we don't have to plant nothing, we're so blessed. And so this, I believe, the seventh year of Jubilee, if they're giving and forgiving debt, I'll be willing to bet it's all still in existence to this day. That has nothing to do with what I'm talking about, but there you go. Verse 10. You shall surely give to him, and your heart should not be grieved. Your heart should not feel bad when you give to him. Now what I begin to see in this passage, and you'll catch it when I say it, Selfishness comes after us before you give. Grief comes after us after we give. So you know what he's talking about here? You have giver's remorse. You're like, I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have done that. And he's saying, don't do that, okay? And the reason he tells us don't do that, you got to watch this here, okay? Watch the promise in verse 10. This is incredible. When you give to him... Because for this thing, the thing you gave to him, the Lord your God will bless you in all your works and to all which you put your hand to. And none of you said amen. None of you were excited. I, I looked at that over and over and I realized when I literally take God at his word and I obey what he says, there is such a blessing on here. And he said, in all your works, and in all you put your hand to do. So every time you go to work, God's going to bless it. And everything you put your little hand to do, God's going to bless it. Why? I obeyed what he told me to. Verse 11. For the poor will never cease from the land. Therefore, I command you. I command you saying... You shall open your hand wide to your brother, to your poor, and your needy in your land. God's wanting to cultivate in our hearts a, a heart of generosity. And not only is he wanting to do that, he commanded it. He didn't suggest it. 
He commanded it. Many of you will relate to this. How many of you have ever had somebody that said something that was like a command or a demand from you? And you looked at them and said, are you threatening me? And they said, I'm not threatening you. I'm promising you. You may have had your dad do that. I better not tell that story. My dad may get upset. What you see right here is anytime you obey the commands of God, there's always a blessing attached. Always. Now, I'm not preaching give to get. I'm preaching give to give, okay? Same chapter, time's sake, verse 14. You shall supply him liberally or generously from your flock. And what he's getting over is whatever your occupation is from your flock, from your threshing floor, and from your wine presses, from what the Lord your God has blessed you, you shall give to him. What does that say? I'm blessed to be a blessing. I'm so bad. So that's what he's telling him. He's saying, you got to get my heart in you and you got to begin to act on it. And he goes on to say in verse 15, you shall remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt. You know what that means? Don't you ever forget where you came from because when you came out of Egypt, you didn't have nothing. Don't forget where you've come from. And I would be willing to bet every one of us in here, you have uh, some form of remembering where you came from. And I look at all the stuff that God has blessed me and Shelly with and I realize real quick where we've come from. Don't ever forget where you've come from. And I don't. You know, when we first got married, we we lived in a little two-bed trailer house. And the hallway was so small that both of you couldn't come down the hallway at the same time. If you did, you'd lean up against the wall. And And we were newlyweds at the time. We lived on a street called Shoot 'em Up Boulevard. That's not really true. Just a thought for you. But we were so blessed to have a roof. And I've never forgot where we first lived. I've never forgot having to, to fight for everything you got. And that's what he's telling them. And you know what I think God's saying right here? I've been good to you. I've been good to you. And he goes ahead and says, from the slave in the land of Egypt and the Lord your God, he redeemed you. He repurchased you. Therefore, I command you this thing today. I I command my people to this day. I command you. Now, the Lord Jesus said in John 14, 15, he said, if you love me, Obey my commands. And how many times do we disobey his commands, but we say, oh, Father God, I love you, I love you, I love you. And I can only imagine what God thinks about that when I disobey his commands, but I continuously tell him, I love you, I love you, I love you. Remember, if you love me, The proof of the pudding that you love me is when I actually obey his commands. When I actually get a hold of this. Look with me in the book of Acts chapter 20. And I'm going to end with this scripture here today. Acts chapter 20. 
One thing I encourage you when you read the Bible, always put your story into, or always put you into the story. Always put you into the scripture. Read the word of God like he's writing it specifically to you because I believe he is. Acts chapter 20, verse 35. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than receive. Giving brings a far better blessing. And anytime I, I give, I take on the nature or the character of the Lord Jesus. Now, he didn't say it would be more easier or more convenient. He just said it'd be more blessed. And I highlighted that, that it is more blessed to give than receive. And if you'll notice in your Bible, those are red letter words. So every time I take on the nature of my heavenly father who is a giver, and I take on the nature of the Lord and Savior Jesus as a giver, something begins to work in me. Something begins to happen within me. And so you know what I believe he's after today? One, he's after our heart again. That heart that cultivates a, a giving heart that says, okay, number one, am I selfish? Am I selfish? Two, do, do I have grief because of my giving? Or you may be a person that, man, you are generous in your giving. And it's birthed from a grateful heart. But God said, I, I want you to even go further. And I don't know about you. I, I desire every year that I, I give more every year than I did the previous year. That's my heart's desire. Someone asked you to stand on your feet right there where you're at. I'm going to be on this a couple weeks, okay? Probably next week. We'll stay on this GPS. I'm going to go into other areas next week you don't want to miss because I'm going to give you biblical information. It'll, it'll revolutionize your life when you get, get a hold of this. So I highlighted those things in the Jewish custom today. Those are principles that have been around for thousands of thousands of thousands of years. And when the, the farmer looked at me on the area of letting the land rest, and he said, oh yeah, we still do that? Those are timeless laws that are timeless principles that are still working to this day. I believe with all my heart, something happens when we step out. And to step out, I'm talking about, you're gonna to have to step out by faith. It's not about getting, it's about giving. And so I ask you to bow your head right there where you're at today. And I don't care who you are in here, at times in our life we battle selfishness. You know, one of the first words a child learns is mine. And no one has to teach him that word. Mine, mine, mine. Let me ask you when I talk about that. You got a selfish heart? God's a God of forgiveness. And what that means is I, I, I repent of that, Father God, but I, I ask you to come and cultivate a generous heart within me. Maybe you're a person that is, is dominated by that, that wicked thought, that wicked intent. You know what? God wants to change every one of our hearts. 
He wants his nature, his DNA to come, come on the inside of us where we truly live and we say, oh, Father God, I've tasted and I've seen that you're good and I realize right now in my life, it is, it is far better to give than to receive. Far better. And so wherever you're at on these lines, I, I welcome you to come to the altar. And I know there's so many of you in here that are so generous with your giving. But I don't know about you. I, I want to mark 2021 with this thought right here. And I say this to the heavenly realms. You hadn't seen nothing yet. You hadn't seen nothing yet. I want to I live to give. See, here's the issue. The issue of the heart is the heart of the issue. I have to locate that within me. My tight fist. My tight fist. I want to have our team sing. And I, I welcome you to the altars. Whether it's to repent, whether it's you to come down and say, you know what? I, I want a fresh anointing on me. I, I, I want a fresh robe, Father God that you grace me in 21, that everything I do, you're gonna see it in the secret, Father God. And you know, when it ties it in reward, the Lord said this in, in Hebrews eleven six. he said that he is a rewarder and a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God's a rewarder. But it all comes back to my heart. Go ahead, guys. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.